HBs, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap the plot of romances while giggling, snorting, being the most, and loving the genre. We're going to start this week out with a Patreon shout-out. Caitlin K., you are a kaikidri, an angelic species in Greek mythology who dwells near the sun. The sight of you is so mesmerizing that woodland creatures spontaneously break into song when they lay eyes on you. Kind of like Snow White or Cinderella, except you have the head of a crocodile, the feet and tail of a lion, and 12 wings. You are also rainbow-colored. It's said that you wake every day with the sun and sing a song, causing all the birds in the world to sing with you. You basically spread happiness and wonder wherever you go. So rock on, you beautiful angel of positivity. We've got tons of bonus content waiting for you on our Patreon, including extras from my time with Suzanne Park. She talks all about her background as a stand-up comic. So today we've got a little surprise for you. We're taking a quick pause on our reading list because I am joined by author Suzanne Park to recap Clueless, the 1995 classic. Here we go. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? (laughs) Yay! I'm doing wonderful. Hello, listener. We have a special episode for you. I am here. This is Melody. I am here with Suzanne Park. She is a debut author. Um, She has both a YA romantic comedy and a contemporary women's fiction novel out. And we're going to recap Clueless in a minute. So... I'm really stoked. (laughs) Me too. Suzanne, you just told me this is your first podcast. Yes, this is my very first podcast. I'm super excited about it. I've never just had an audio-only medium to talk and say hello and talk about things. So this is going to be very exciting and new for me. Yeah, totally. It's shocking to me that this is your first podcast because, like, you've been on BET and, like, (laughs) Like NBC. NBC. Yeah, I. <laughs> you were a stand-up comedian, and I know. you've never done a podcast. I've done even a radio interview way back in the day, but not a <laughs> podcast. I, I just skipped that sort of era, I guess, and uh, left over, left over it. But um, super excited to be here. Wonderful. All right, so tell me about your books. Tell us about your books. Okay, well, I have uh-huh. two books. One's released. It's the young adult book, and then uh-huh. I have another one coming out in. August, and that's a um, adult romantic comedy. So the yes. um, young adult book came out in the spring, and it's called mm-hmm. The Perfect Escape. And, and it this- has a zombie-themed escape room <laughs> involved? You guys, her books are nerdy deliciousness. Okay, I'm not going to step on you anymore. <laughs> it's totally fine. I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the best pithy way to explain it, because it is very nerdy and, and different. It's, um, it, it is a romantic comedy. It's about a Korean-American teenager named Nate Kim, and Mm -hmm. he meets his dream girl at a zombie escape room where they both work. They both have a desperate need for money, so they think it's a good idea to enter a survivalist competition together that has a huge cash prize. 
Um, so two teenagers surviving the elements in the woods a whole weekend. What could possibly go wrong? And <laughs> that is the young adult book. And then the one Ooh. coming out soon is the workplace rom-com set in the video game industry. She's a video game designer, you guys. And her name is Melody. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I know. And it's so funny because I wouldn't... I, I saw that you had the same name. I was like, wow, did she... She, like, had this cosmic connection with this book? Because... <laughs> And she has a melody personality, I think. So, oh, um. <laughs> brilliant! I know. I saw in part of your press kit that you were like, "She's not. She's not like a wallflower at her job. She's <laughs> she's in it to win it." <laughs> yes, she is underestimated at work, and that is part of the whole theme of the book. Um, mm. She's it's a Korean American video game producer. Her name's Melody Ju. And she is tasked with releasing a controversial video game, all while being antagonized by everyone around her, especially the new company's um, the company's new MBA intern, who happens to be the CEO's nephew. Yes. Oh boy. Drama. <laughs> it's called Loathe at First Sight because this is an enemies to lovers, correct? It is an enemies to Ooh. lovers. Oh, wait. And I'm so sorry. I have to make you tell them the premise of her video game that she designs in the book. Is that okay? <laughs> is that a spoiler? I don't think it's a spoiler. I don't think so either. Okay, so tell them in, all about it. <laughs> in a jokey sort of way, she's having a conversation with another coworker and she is talking about the types of video games that exist that are uh, pushed out by their company and it's all about mm -hmm. busty women who have machine guns and things like that so she thinks it's funny if they had a video game she thinks it would be funny to release a video game that is almost the flip of that where uh -huh. it's a bunch of male uh, strippers who <gasps> <laughs> emerge during the apocalypse and realize that they have to survive and <laughs> there are all these warrior women out there that have uh you know guns and just all these ammo and just are the ones that have to help save them. And In so the incredible. whole concept is, it's supposed to be, you know, a funny conversation in passing, but it ends up turning into their next uh, big release. I mean, it, so it's a super funny conversation <laughs> that turns into a super funny real life scenario. And yes. I love it. Oh my gosh. Magic Mike zombie apocalypse <laughs> is one of my favorite premises we should have I've ever heard in my life you know i might have to uh refuse that <laughs> yeah magic mike it, we should have a podcast just based on the magic mike movies so um, uh, maybe yeah. next time i have told multiple people magic mike xxl got me pregnant literally <laughs> my due date ran right up to the day i saw magic mike XXL. Oh my so. God. Have you seen, <laughs> yeah. have you gone to Vegas and seen the Vegas show of Magic Mike? <gasps> oh, I forgot what it's I, called, but it is the Magic Mike show. I haven't seen that one. However, <laughs> when I was 21, I took a trip to Vegas with a friend and we went and saw Thunder from oh. Down Under. <laughs> and the, the firefighter came over and stood on my table, poured water all over himself while standing on the table I was sitting at. And then he took my glasses off my face and rubbed them all over his package. <laughs> I <laughs> was in literal heaven. <laughs> I don't care how mad people get about that use of the word literal. It was literal heaven. I uh, I think I've actually seen the 
Chippendales one. Is that the same thing? Get it. Okay, yeah. So I think. Well, so Thunder from Down Under is just the Australian one. Oh, okay. So I did the Chippendales one for a bachelorette party um, a long time ago. And (laughs) that one was. I don't even know how to describe it, except the scenes that I do remember Uh, are uh, these uh. guys in these patriotic, I guess, spandex. And, you know, they have their hats on and they're playing patriotic music in the background and then sparklers (laughs) fly and then they rip off their clothes and then there's like more skimpiness underneath. And (laughs) I remember thinking like that is very hilariously American. (laughs) Yeah, being yeah. in Vegas and seeing mm-hmm. this music play to big fireworks, and then just seeing the show—it's very. I, it was my patriotic duty to watch that. It really was. Not to mention the mental gymnastics we have to do to get around like disrespect of the flag <laughs> in all the ways <laughs> that we do things like that is so funny to me. I just was like, I can't believe this is happening, but it is so fascinating and. It was amazing. It really was. Yeah. But Magic Mike show, I don't know if it's still running, but it is, um, or will run, but it is more, in, it's interactive. Oh, what a treat. <laughs> where they, uh, some oh. of the dancers just come up to wherever you are. So if you're in the front or in, or in the balcony, wherever, they actually kind of walk around and perform. Listen, if I go to a Magic Mike show, I expect somebody to pick me up by my ass <laughs> and whip me around like Channing Tatum would. Right. I need it. Who's going to hump me on the ground at yes. a Magic Mike show? Somebody needs to. Somebody. Jeez. <laughs> I've got expectations after those movies. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, but we digress because <laughs> both of your books are own voices books, right? Yes. They are. They're both feature Korean-American protagonists. And then if I remember correctly, they are interracial relationships as well, right? Yes. These two books are uh, interracial relationships. I have two books coming out next year. One is also uh, the young adult is interracial. And then Mm -hmm. the adult book is a Korean female and a Korean male. So that, that will be... I guess, non-interracial. <laughs> that's cool, though. Yeah, yeah that's, that's wonderful. wonderful. And then just because this is a romance novel podcast, can you let our listeners know the level of steam they should expect? I mean, I'm I'm guessing I know in the YA novel, but I want them <laughs> to know for the women's fiction. Sure. Um, I grew up watching romantic comedies from the 90s and early 2000s and mm-hmm. mid to late 2000s. So, you know, I was heavily influenced by them as I developed and wrote these both of these novels. So it's more of an emphasis on the calm as well mm-hmm. as the wrong. So I would say it's a, a, you know, if it was a heat level scale of one to five, I believe they're both one. That makes sense. Yes. So cool. it's more on the sweet side. And then because of the nature of the work environment for the adult um, romantic comedy being in yeah. the workplace it's very misogynistic that has different sort of parental guidance warnings you know <laughs> oh absolutely well and she deals with online harassment too right yes as well yes so she's called names she is also tries to fight back and then has interviews where she just addresses all of these comments that she's been given Ooh. in a nice pithy way yeah um, and I feel like even though it's sort of summarizing it and it's uh conveyed in a lighter hearted way than would be real 
her really processing the things as they happen. Sure. It's still very, I would say it would probably be a higher level than one. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I love a good verbal takedown. (laughs) I will say it's one of my favorite things. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of your influences, you chose a movie for us to recap. Why did you choose Clueless? Clueless is one of those movies that I remember really enjoying as a teen. And I remember thinking maybe if I rewatched it, I would find, you know, find more things wrong with it in a funny way. But, you know, you know how things age or just don't age well. And yeah, I really thought this movie, uh, I didn't remember it as well. um, When I saw it, I was like, Oh, yeah, I remember how hilarious these lines are, whatever. So I picked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Because I had a feeling it would still be relevant, but there would be funny things that happen in it that feel very old fashioned or dated. So I think it was Uh a good movie in that sense. I do wish I hated it more because there would be more (laughs) things to say. I mean, there are things that are funny, but, um, you know, if it's a movie that you really don't like, there's a lot more uh, comedy around just making fun of things. But I will say that my young adult book coming out next year, it was partially influenced by this book. So it's loosely um, influenced by Clueless. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to watch it because I was going to watch it anyway. And then you had this opportunity. So it worked out perfectly. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely some things that we'll get into that don't age well. (laughs) But overall, you know, it, it does just fine. Yes. Um, the other thing is I love Paul Rudd. Um, I have since I first saw him on screen. So yeah. he's <laughs> always been this guy that's in every single romantic comedy type movie, like an American movie. And so I've seen him in, you know, this, of course, but all these weird movies too, the wet, hot American summer. And he's also been in oh, yeah, Up yeah. and 40 year old virgin, all those movies. And he's just always been and, and Ant-Man. How can we forget Ant-Man? So how <laughs> we could never, <laughs> frankly, no, I was going to say anything that Paul Rudd's in, I'm probably going to love. He's just so GD charming. Plus, since it's based off of Jane Austen's Emma, like, of course, that story has aged well. It just it just does age well. You know, yes, we're still watching watching adaptations adaptations of the the original original. of the original writing. And I guess this would be considered that, too. But it's not uh, so literal. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I did watch the 2020 Emma um, around the same time. So Mm -hmm. I was able to kind of think you know how what kind of interpretation is this is it faithful or not and it really was pretty good in terms of sticking to the same type of storyline um they obviously have some things that are different but overall i was really impressed by the ability to stick to the story yeah most definitely all right so should we get into it sure brilliant okay so share is 15 going on 16 she is a beverly hills lawyer's daughter She has mega privilege and she sort of knows it, but mostly she just uh, she just is very sweet and and very clueless, honestly. Um, But she thinks that she's got like she's got the the best ideas about the world. What did you think about this opening scene? I I, so one of the first things I noticed was how 90s it was. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. For her to pick out clothes on this old computer sim, um, Uh you know, just feels like it was probably really cutting edge then. Uh-huh. And then now it's hilarious to see, you know, how analog it feels. Uh-huh. Um, and then just the opening just montage of just her 
showing her real life and then you yeah. seeing phones with antennas and then <laughs> her with uh, her at the West Side Pavilion, which in L.A. is now defunct and is turning into office buildings now as of like is two it? years ago. Yes, yes. Oh, my god! So, and it was the place to go. And I remember how, you know, there's a lot of teenagers that hung out there and also UCLA kids. And it was just amazing to see, you know, that be vibrant again <laughs> on yeah, yeah, yeah. screen. Uh, and then handwritten report cards is also hilarious to me. So I was yeah, thinking, completely. whoa, I don't know how this movie's going to age. But, uh, you know, later on, you you pick up the story and it's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So in one of these um, opening scenes, her dad is talking to her and he tells her that her stepbrother is coming to visit because he's going to school nearby or something like that because um, he just he's in his freshman year of college. And so she's like, Ugh, like you were barely married to his mom and he's such a smelly boy and like why and <laughs> and her dad in like this one of two moments of absolute wisdom in the whole movie because her dad kind of sucks <laughs> her dad is like you divorce wives not kids yes. and i was like oh damn that's great this is awesome. He is <laughs> I don't awesome. know why I was so impressed by that, but I really was. And you almost think he's going to be a nice guy throughout the movie. Exactly. <laughs> but he says some zingers and I just, I, it's <laughs> hilarious though, his what he says. But I mean, yeah, he has his, his moments to yeah. shine. But what we do learn is that they barely know each other. They did not grow up together and their parents were barely married. Okay, you guys? <laughs> so just keep that in your back pocket. Okay. And then she goes and picks up her friend Dion. Dion is one of the two main like side characters who are black. And their friendship is really cute. But on the rewatch, I felt kind of squeaky about the portrayal of Dion and Murray. Yes. I very did too. yuck yeah. about it. I did too. <laughs> there was well, there's a, a few things of ick. I mean, later on you see that well, Josh is what? 18 or 19 probably yeah he's yeah, college yeah. He's age 18. and she's 15 and yeah going on 16 so it's a little it has some some moments of trying to just get through the movie and be like okay in theory there are things that <laughs> work and don't um oh but yeah, yes the dion and murray i felt like that watching it and have murray some of the things that come out of his mouth are a little unsettling but that that part didn't age so well totally totally because murray and dion shares whole thing is that she doesn't know why dion is with him she thinks that dion can do a lot better and their relationship is very fraught and it's always like dion worried that murray is cheating on her and it's like they're always going back and forth about like not trusting each other and it just no other couple in the whole film is portrayed like that yes and it felt a little racial to me wasn't sure but it felt really yuck <laughs> yes yes um they have moments of levity later on oh, and they... that is a relief so yeah. there are moments though that are nice and especially yeah. at the party when she threatens to well she threatens call to his call mom, the mom and so i just start cute. laughing because yeah. i guess any boy's nightmare <laughs> and murray's absolutely academic zinger about how street slang is becoming more accepted and how the term woman is sometimes used in a misogynistic way but not always was like such a moment for me i was like snaps to murray that is incredible um 
Okay. So sorry. Cher is in debate class, you guys. And oh, it is simultaneously, simultaneously super, super abysmal, abysmal and incredibly, and incredibly charming. charming. <laughs> sorry, I'm still laughing because that's <laughs> the debate scene. Both debate scenes are. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one, too. The, this one was really crazy because honestly, when I first saw it, I didn't actually understand what she was saying when I first saw it. The hate. Hadians? The Hadians? <laughs> it yeah, wasn't she's until the rewatch that Haitians. I realized what she's trying to say Haitians. <laughs> and I, <laughs> but the first time I really didn't know even what she was talking about because it was so outlandish that she was talking about anything like this that was mm-hmm. supposed to be deep and it just went <laughs> over my head when I was in, uh, younger. But yeah, yeah, this yeah. time I knew what she was talking about. <laughs> There's no RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. That's right, you guys. I I mean, that is a nugget of wisdom out of share. Sure, right? It does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty, you guys. <laughs> right. <sighs> so her teacher is does not think she's cute at all. And she finds out that she has a C in debate, which at first to her comes as a total shock. And then later on, we find out that she's getting C's in several of her classes. So is it just debate that she thinks she's incredibly good at? Or like, where do you think this surprise comes from? I don't know why it stuck out to me in this way, but I was like, lady, that it sounds like you're getting a C average. What's the deal? I don't know. <laughs> I... <laughs> I am really, I, I'm guessing that throughout her, what, she'll be a soft, no, junior, I guess? or Sophomore. She, rising sophomore. Yeah, she's a sophomore. Yeah. I'm guessing that she had just gotten by this whole time with being able to negotiate up. And yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, it, and she's used to doing that. So I guess her C, C has always been a potential A uh, with just a, a lot of effort. Um, right like the a for effort is actually the negotiation part Um, (laughs) i don't know it's it's so strange oh well now that i think about it her dad is a lawyer and he puts a lot of emphasis on creating arguments and argumentation in general so i guess she would be surprised that in debate class she was doing badly yes he's a litigator too so he he's a arguer by nature Yeah, yeah yeah completely okay so then Josh arrives at her house and she tells her dad that she doesn't want to show him her grades yet because she's not done negotiating. And Josh sort of jabs at her and he's like, I don't know why you think that you'd be able to, you know, get this to be better. And she's like, well, maybe because I do it all the time. And she makes fun of his music and his flannel shirts. And he changes the station to news. And she is not about that. Their dynamic is very cute at the beginning, but it is incredibly antagonistic. Yes. I love their banter. And uh-huh. I think later on, she she says something about his complaint rock. <laughs> oh. Yes. And that yeah. made me laugh. Like, that's way later on. But she she just has a way of talking about him that is, you know, the tree hugging kind of mm-hmm. that, you know, do gooder. And she also sees him as ick stepbrother. And so yeah. I always thought that they have this banter that I first of all, because I love Paul Rudd, I was like, why can't Cher be me? But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, right. But she's just they're just so funny together because they're from different worlds. Yeah, absolutely. And there is 
even when they're super mean to each other, there is a very good natured undertone that I always appreciate, at least in portrayals like this. Yes. I don't know. It's yeah. important to me, especially because it seems like I see. I think the good natured undertone sort of takes out the power dynamic that would be that would exist between them in any other scenario. Does that, that make sense? sense? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's very clear that the dad also respects him by oh, inviting definitely. him to do help him out at work and also her. So I think like, you know, they they all do respect each other mm-hmm. uh, deep down, even if they poke fun at each other and rip each other apart in verbally because these one line zingers that just fly through the movie are just fantastic. And um yeah, I've, I've just throughout the whole movie, they've had a great dynamic. Uh, and even the dad, he's also huge on the com- comic release. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Every time he barks something at someone, it is hilarious. Okay, so Cher needs to get her grades up. And she manages with every teacher except for Mr. Debate Teacher. I think everyone should, we, we need to note it for the record, that he is the actor Oh, God, what was his name in The Princess, Princess Bride? Bride. <laughs> I can't remember either. He was, he was the guy that dies of poisoning. The, yes. the inconceivable, that the guy. Inconceivable guy. It's him. Who doesn't change looks-wise. No, like- at any age. I think he looked like that at 15. <laughs> I'm so. certain of it. <laughs> okay, so Dion says that he's miserable and he just wants to make everybody else miserable. And so they're like... We gotta get him some booty. That's the, <laughs> the only, only thing, thing that will help. Do. Yes, we're brilliant. We need to set him up with another teacher. Yes, and I think they refer to it as a major boink fest. Yes, <laughs> a major boink fest is the only thing that's gonna get. Is gonna turn, <laughs> turn that frown upside, upside down. down. And I might have to use that in some upcoming writing because that also is a gem. <laughs> yeah, that has aged very well. Major boink fest, still funny. <laughs> Um, okay so mrs geist who is maybe the english teacher maybe the environmental studies teacher i don't know what yeah, she it's teaches. hard to tell yeah she might just be like the english teacher who's very interested in current environmental activism nobody knows nobody knows but she seems like a really good option even though in Cher's mind she needs a major makeover But they they put roses in her school mailbox from a secret admirer. And Cher writes down a quote, a famous quote. And Dion's like, where did you get that? And she's like, it's from Cliff's Notes. (laughs) (laughs) Do they even have Cliff's Notes anymore? I feel like they don't. I think maybe it's Spark Spark Notes now? Yeah, Spark Notes. Spark Notes? uh, But, you know, that also is one of those things that straight from the 90s. Yeah, (laughs) completely. Okay, and then now it's time to go to Mr. Debate Teacher's class. And he's going through everybody's tardies. And he tells Travis Birkenstock that he has the most tardies of anybody. <laughs> and low-key hunk, like out of left field, dreamboat, Travis Birkenstock <laughs> gets up and he does this whole acceptance speech for how he... <laughs> has the most tardies and can i just say this is the first time upon watching it this time i realized that his last name was birkenstock <laughs> i it's actually a- forgot too and yes upon rewatch because i always had him in my mind as the skateboard guy yeah totally 
Yeah, yeah that's all he was to me. Guy. But on the rewatch, he was more charming, in my opinion. And yeah, I agree. Uh, and then when it came to Birkenstock, genius. Also, I mean, genius. <laughs> and it's just, just tossed, tossed in, in there. there. Oh, so, <laughs> so good. good. And then Cher says that he says that Cher has two tardies, but she's like, I only have one because the other one was because I was super on my period. <laughs> and he's like, oh, lady business. I don't want any inconceivable. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that. And she's like, wow, Mr. Debate Teacher, that is so nice of you. Mrs. Geist was super right about you. You are the only person in this school with any kind of intelligence. And boy, is he charmed. Very, very charmed. Yeah, he gets a little bit of a charmed boner right there. It's good (laughs) stuff. All right. So then next, next scene, she's gotten two tickets. And her dad is telling her that she can't drive anymore without a licensed person in the car, which I was like, wow, dad, that's harsh. And then I realized that she only has a permit. Suzanne. She is 15, right? Yeah. I mean, I it just it went right out of my brain. Uh, but on the rewatch, I was like, what the what the fuck is she doing driving around in the first place? Well, and then How? especially when you see her later on behind a wheel or actually yeah. even you're just like, how did she even get out and go rogue? Yeah, in the opening scene, she's got like six people mashed into her Jeep. Yeah. Like this is this is un- this is unlawful, litigator dad. What are you doing these days? <laughs> anyway, so she's like, "Oh, what am I gonna do? I don't have anybody to go driving with me." So she gets Josh. You guys, um, Josh has gotta help her drive, I- and it's nice. It's good stuff. But while they're driving, he's like, "I've got to go back to campus." Because I'm going to a what is it called the tree planters? Oh meeting? gosh, yes, it's a terrible name. For it a was, it was. Boy. I mean, it's on the. It's very descriptive. Good job there, there I guess. Is. But it's super low on the cleverness factor. Anyway, he says that they are maybe going to get Marky Mark to, to plant, plant a tree, and this is another way in which this film <laughs> has not aged well, not at all. Because listener. This is your semi-regular reminder that Mark Wahlberg is racist trash who has been definitely convicted of at least one hate crime. Yes. And the rest of them are mostly just allegations from when he was a teen. Corroborated allegations. Right. Against multiple races. This isn't like, I mean, not that it makes it any better, but I just want everybody to know the weight and breadth of this situation. Because... I don't understand how he ever had a career, Suzanne. I, I was thinking that too. I because and at what point did he go from Marky Mark to Mark Wahlberg? You know, yeah. as a it was it a. I mean, I guess when he left the Funky Bunch question uh, mark. Maybe that's I don't know. what it was because I was like, he was this rapper dancer, you know, guy, and then all of a sudden he's now in movies and things, and then changed his name, and he also made a comeback. He kind of, he disappeared. Was he out there being racist and <laughs> committing crimes? Mm-hmm. On the down yeah. is that what? Yeah. And then he came back because it, it was a big gap. Right, totally. I mean, I guess, so most of these things happened, the ones that we know about, mm-hmm, right? right? Because there absolutely has to be more with the pattern that we've seen in just the ones that we know about. But they were between the ages of, I think, 15 and 18. And then he claims that he then like left whatever gang he was in and like turned his life around or whatever. But my issue 
Because I do think that people need a second chance or, you know, people are allowed to grow. That is a good thing. We want people to grow and learn. But Mark Wahlberg has spent way more time attempting to cover up his crimes and like distance himself from his crimes than actually making any meaningful change or efforts or apologies or anything. Like yeah. he nearly blinded a man in one of his attacks. And yeah. uh, nobody knows about it. Right. <laughs> it's an absolute travesty. So now heaving bosoms is just a reminder, guys. Yes. Marky Mark sucks. Do, okay. And do not download any of his Marky Mark songs. Nobody, nobody watch, watch any <laughs> Mark Wahlberg movies. Stop, Stop it. it. None of that. Stop, Stop it. it. Yeah. Stay away. Do Don't not put watch more money Marky in that Mark guy's pocket. Fuck that guy. Okay. F him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> All right. So then he tells Cher, like, well, at least this celebrity who is no longer going to be named, yeah. wants to maybe use his popularity for good. Like, you could do that, too. And Cher says, oh, I am totally going to break for animals once, once I, I get my driver's, driver's license. license. <laughs> and I also got two teachers to maybe start boning. And he basically says, like, I'm sure you're benefiting from that. And he says, if I ever saw you do anything that wasn't 90% selfish, I'd die of shock. <laughs> and her response is, Oh, well, that would be reason enough for me. <laughs> I just love their banter. It's so good. They are geniuses, the the writers for this movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so then she and Dion have this plan to get Mr. Debate Teacher and Mrs. Geist together. I don't know what his name is, um, apparently in any iteration of his roles, because he's the inconceivable guy and Mr. Debate Teacher. That will I'm be how we refer today. to him going forward, because I don't remember either. It's infuriating. No! There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they offer him some, like, coffee, and he's like, wow, you youngins, this is so nice of you. And then they're like, maybe you should share it with Mrs. Geist. And then they grab Miss Geist and they like prettify they like take her jacket off I don't know they do things to her to make her look a little better question mark and they send her off to a bench and then they get those two together and they have coffee yes yeah and then that's when she they make they're watching them Dion and Cher and yeah they say um that her legs are crossed toward him yeah the and that means it's an <laughs> unequivocal sex invite uh-huh. And I remember thinking for the, when I re watched it the first time, I was like, oh, is that what that means? Like, yeah. like <laughs> totally <laughs> writing notes, you know, like, oh, that that's how you show interest to a guy, you know, mm -hmm. like as if it was teaching me something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to make a quick note. I don't mean to keep being a downer, but like the R word is used in this scene in a way that is not great and did not age well. Also did not age well. Yes. Yeah. 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 No using the R word. Everyone, yeah, you know that though. Oh, and then he gets her digits. He asks her for her mm. phone number, and then they say, um, "They say, oh, old people can be so fun sometimes. They're like so cute, so sweet, like <laughs> so, so sweet. Oh, it's so cute. Oh man, one of my one of my friends, actually friend of the pod, Tanya. She's been on an episode or two. She's a college professor, and we were on the phone the other day, and she told me that one of her students in a comm class, came up to her after class, and she was like, Professor, with everything that you know, with all that you know, how do you enjoy anything anymore? 
<laughs> she's like having her moment of like awakening. <laughs> she's like, how do you like anything anymore? <laughs> and Tony was like, oh, sweetie, I like a lot of things. Like sometimes you just have to turn off that part of your brain or like acknowledge it and, and then move on. <laughs> But you can still find enjoyment in the world like, like we yes. are in Clueless right now. Yes. I That's really fine. thought there was a huge difference between young love and older people finding love. Like when I was watching this early on first time Ooh. around, like I didn't even know they would have dates and things like I just never because, you know, when you heard of people getting remarried or people going, you know, dating and, and that sort of thing when you were younger. Yeah, it just sort of happened and they were together. But I, I didn't even think that they courted each other or anything. I just thought it was like some sort of like agreement that between two totally. parties that they just <laughs> decide to start a relationship and it's almost transactional versus Aww. actually based on anything. Oh, my gosh, Suzanne. Clueless woke up your knowledge about middle-aged romance? Yes, it did. What a beautiful awakening. It really was. I I didn't ever question it or think about it. And then when (laughs) I saw it, I was like, oh, they're going on dates. They're drinking coffee together. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And then you learn that nugget about pointing your knees at dudes. Yes. I mean, geez. Exactly. There's a lot of learning here in this movie. You guys take notes. Watch it, but ignore all the, you know, bad parts, but definitely take notes of all the good and funny parts. Yeah, completely. Oh, and then everyone gets good grades now, and we watch them, like, make out at their car like teenagers, and it is so cute. I love everything about it. Oh, and then what's it? Whatever his name is, the Elton. Elton. Elton, Yes. Yeah. He keeps on like kissing her on the cheek and hugging on her every time a teacher does something good because they're now, you know, having some major boink fests. (laughs) Okay. So now her dad is very, very proud that she argued her grades up, probably more proud than if she actually just got the grades. And now Cher's inspired to do more good deeds. And that is really wonderful because then unfortunate Brittany Murphy arrives. (laughs) Yes. And in the Emma movie, that is Harriet, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's her power. I I remember thinking like, wow, they did a really good job of adapting her as well. She's a bit of a hot mess in the (laughs) Emma movie as well. (laughs) But yes, enter Ty. The Good Deed Project. Brittany Murphy arrives. Oh, Ty arrives. It's so wonderful. And Cher decides that she's going to adopt her and fix her up and use her popularity for good. And I love that Dion is like, oh, I don't really want to use my popularity for good. <laughs> but she quickly turns around because Ty rules. Yes. Ty goes to lunch and meets Travis Birkenstock. Oh, Birkenstock. And you guys, they're a match made in heaven. He, they, they have, have great, great chemistry. chemistry. Yes, the chemistry is he, amazing loves her drawings of marvin the martian (laughs) he immediately offers her weed like any gentleman Gentleman would (laughs) and it's just magical so she runs over and gushes to sharon dion and they're like sharon goes okay i'm one month older than you so i just need you to know that it's one thing to light up a doobie at a party (laughs) but it's quite another to be baked all day and then she talks about how the Lodies, I had, I did not remember that term either. Yeah. The Lodies hang up, out over on the grassy knoll and no respectable girl actually date them. 
So sad. It is really sad because sad. for the next like three scenes, she's into Travis Bergenstock yeah. and he is into her for the whole movie. Yes, the entire yeah. movie. And he's so adorable. God, God he, he is, is such, such a, a golden, golden retriever, retriever in every, every good, good way. way. Oh, he's so yummy. God, what a dreamboat. Okay, so now you guys, we get a classic 90s makeover montage. <laughs> Suzanne, my one question for you is, what the fuck are they washing out of her hair? <laughs> and what is, is it? I, I don't know. And it just keeps coming out. Like what is that like, red? And it was like endless. And comes, comes out, out that easily. easily. <laughs> it's incredible. Right? I was like, is that like equivalent of the hair chalk they have for kids now? I don't yeah, understand right? what it is. And is it why. actual Kool Aid? I don't. <laughs> that's a good question. But her hair's so dark, so I don't know how it even stayed. I don't understand. But they showed it, and it was... It's movie magic. It was. It really is. And Brittany Murphy, in that scene, just, like, cackling as they're drying off her hair, she is so charming. Oh, my gosh. She's charming, (sighs) and then her accent is just cute. It is wonderful. It's edible. And then later on, you hear her sing, and she's adorable there too when she's oh my gosh she's so talented talented. yes you see it all there she's the whole package so josh sees her mentoring ty about like getting your buns tight and also using the word sporadic and stuff (laughs) and she's like okay well now you know we've done a good thing for our bodies and our minds now we have to do a good thing for our soul and she asks josh what like good thing they could do and he looks at her and she goes sterilization <laughs> which is one of the best lines in a, in a movie ever it's so good and he says it's, it's all straight face you know just like no burst out into laugh it's just all these zingers oh, it's oh and Ty bursts out laughing at that oh yes she does she is a person with sense <laughs> okay so we're back at school and Travis invites Ty specifically to a party not all three of them but Ty specifically to a, a party in the Valley and Sharon and Dion are both like, no, you can do so much better. And Sharon says, Ty, you've got something huge going for you. And Ty goes, Oh, I'm not a virgin. <laughs> and Sharon's like, like mystery, Ty, you, you, can, can, <laughs> you could be a naturally, naturally popular, popular person, person and nobody would know. Like, <laughs> you've got, got mystery going for you. Oh, it's so, so good. good. Okay, and then Sharon Dion decide that Elton is her man. Yes. Oh, Very Elton. excited. He's, he's interesting because they introduce him earlier on as the guy that just asks to go to the bathroom or whatever all the time. They're like, ask yeah. for all pass. Yeah. And yeah. every yeah. Uh, school scene. And then later on, you get to know him better and, you know, you reveal more about him. But I had so much trouble trying to place that actor because you'd seen him before because oh, his yeah. face is familiar. And I was like, who is that mm-hmm. guy? But he's in a lot of things. And it's a uh, Jeremy Sisto. And I remember him from Law and Order um, years ago, just watching him in a few episodes. And I was like, God, that guy's everywhere, too. So this whole yeah. cast is all, you know, all star. We forgot to mention that Cher is the mom on Babysitter's Club. <laughs> Cher is? Oh, on the current Babysitter's yes. Club? Yes. Well, I mean, she's Alicia Silverstone. Yes, Alicia Silverstone is the mom, one the mom of one of the daughters in Babysitters Club. The oh, reboot. awesome! Because she's one of those actresses where you 
are watching it and you're like, she looks so familiar. <laughs> so the timing is perfect. Yeah, of Watching totally. this movie, seeing the Babysitter's Club and then chatting with you because uh, it's unreal. She just came back on Babysitter's Club and she's like a funny person on that show too. I mean, that uh, oh, Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. Well, and the guy who plays Elton, I always get him mixed up with James Franco. Yes. So it's tough because they both look like knockoff versions of each other. <laughs> okay. Where are we? We're oh, talking about okay. the Valley so Party. Like- and the, also, we forgot to mention that they are using the Thomas Guide to get around back then. without They had no GPS. So they're like looking at a physical map oh, and getting yeah. all confused. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, Fully another looking at a map. dated thing. <laughs> that is hard times. I think yeah. I only had to do that like twice. <laughs> and it was rough. It, it was. was a rough. Oh, but we did forget the photo session. Yes. They, we just have to, I mean, it's sort of a non-issue, but um, they have like a group together and Cher is taking photos of everyone and she has to like coerce Elton into putting his arm around Ty and then he asks for a copy of a photo of just Ty, which is, this is one of the things from the Emma origination that made a metric fuck ton more sense in Emma. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. It makes a lot more sense for the guy to be like, this is a painting that you did with ours and your natural talent and like a blah, blah, blah. Instead of Elton in this one being like, I'm going to hang up a picture of this other chick. Yeah, I, I have to it. say that was, that <laughs> like, was totally that confusing to me because sense. I think up to that point, it was they had more vibes with each other. And so when I saw him ask for that, I actually remember thinking, maybe he doesn't, he's not as into her. Maybe he is into the new girl. And <laughs> it really did. Yeah. Think, I mean, if that was the plan, they fooled me, you know. <laughs> D- totally. Okay. So now, yeah, they're going to a party in the valley. And Ty now knows that Elton has this photo of her hung in his locker. So everyone is very excited about it. Yeah, they use that Thomas guide on the way. And Cher and, I'm sorry, Dion and Murray are like shouting at each other the whole time, which like you can't not do when you're attempting to read a book map like that. Like it doesn't matter the couple. Somebody is going to (laughs) shout when you're trying to get directions off of a map like that. And then Cher's like coaching Ty and she says, you got to make sure you leave him wanting more and like try to be in his eye line, but like talking to other dudes so that you look really desirable. Cher thinks she's really good at dating. <laughs> and as they're walking in, Travis, the unexpected hot sauce comes out on the front yard and he does this whole skateboard trick on a, he does like a Rayleigh or something. Is, is Rayleigh the word? Is that what the kids are saying these days? That sounds right to me. And that's all that's yeah. important. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. This is just, <laughs> just you and me. me. Nobody right. else is here. Not thousands of other people. It's just you and me. We're good. Yes. Anyway, so Ty is like so completely impressed. And she's like, whoa, did you see that cool Rayleigh he just did? I'm certain that's the term. And Cher is like, leave him alone with his Rayleigh. He can do that on his own. We have to go find Elton. Okay, so then Travis ruins Cher's satin shoes in his race to get Ty a beer. Yeah, I know. He just wants to get her a beer. Right. He does, He's just such a puppy. He just wants to get it, and he wants to help, and he wants scratches. <laughs> he's so cute. <laughs> he's adorable, and through that scene, I was so sad for him. 
I mean, not uh-huh. that scene, but through that whole, um, you know, just see her, him get turned yeah, down. Yeah, throughout the whole party. Over time. Oh, oh it was so sad. Because he's so and, sweet. And, like, just getting, like, more and more let down as yes. the party goes on and confused. Oh, oh, man. Anyway, okay, so he ruins Cher's shoes. And Cher's like, oh, I've got to get my new shoes. And he offers them weed to make up for it. Because, again, <laughs> he is nothing if not a gentleman, right. you know? He's going to make it right. <laughs> and then, um, okay, we never, I, correct me if I'm wrong, we never find out the Asian side character's name. I was just going to mention I that. I had to look it up. I did too. I did the same Her thing. Her name is Summer. <laughs> She's brought up one other time, and that was during the uh, photos, the photo session. She's yeah, the in photos, the and then later ensemble. On, she, she like... like yeah, yeah, yeah. Later on, she has, like, one line asking about something that Ty did. Yeah. Um, justice for Summer. Summer's awesome. <laughs> Summer has all the best ideas. And her name is Summer, you guys. So anyway, Summer comes up and she's like, you guys, we have to play Suck and Blow. Did you ever play this as a teenager? Were you fortunate <laughs> enough? I did not play that that game. I think I've played other random games that also do not make mm. sense. But yes, that one... That one I was uh, really intrigued by, though, because I was like, suck and blow, what's that? And then, you know, again, know, I'm right? taking notes. How <laughs> 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 do you remember yeah. this one? I was a very unfortunate high schooler, and so I never played a game like this in high school. But yeah, you take a card and you and you put it on each other's lips until somebody named Elton conveniently drops it so that he can kiss somebody named Cher. That's how my <laughs> understanding of how the game is played. Yes. So all you Eltons and shares out there, you know, get stoked. Okay. Then Murray shaves his head at a party. You guys, this party is all over the place. I know. And, you know, you've been to plenty of parties where, you know, some there's no parental person. But how how does head shaving happen in the bathroom like that? Like, just, right? How does that even start? I don't know. Like, like who, who grabs their friend and is like, I just bought a new Bic. Let's go. Right. We're going to bick your head. What? Yeah. I don't know so, how that started. I don't know if they found the razor or they were like, I brought it with me because who knows? It's a cool party game. But it happened and uh, it was very <laughs> unpredictable in terms of I did not expect <laughs> that at all. <laughs> yeah. Dion's pissed. Yeah. And she's like being a drama queen in the bathroom. She's calling his mom, which was a stroke of genius and comedy genius, frankly, both. So then her dad, Cher's dad calls her and he wants her home and she can't tell him where she is. And so she she gets poor Summer, who never gets a name, to also leave with Elton and Ty. And there's this whole like, this is great scene of her trying to get Ty in the car with Elton and him being like, no, 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 Cher, you need to come with me. It makes way more sense. And then finally, they like get in the car together and... This is when we find out all about Elton. Yes. And the dumpster fire that he is. He is an awful, awful person. <laughs> I, <laughs> after that, though, that, well, the whole scene, they're going back and forth on locations. And I had, I live in LA and I was like, some of these places are really, I mean, they, they obviously live in a very fancy area, but it, it took me a while oh, to gosh, process all of the streets and the side streets and yeah. stuff, but. Yeah, it was like rapid fire. Yeah, but like, the wow. moment, yeah, and the moment her dad was like, "Any place in LA takes twenty minutes." Right. I was like, "Bullshit, dad!" Like maybe <laughs> in my notes, I wrote, "Ha ha ha ha." ha. <laughs> yes, 
yeah, you know, like what? Maybe in the pandemic, but not. But it is funny that they keep making fun of the valley and then act like it's so far away <laughs> that it's like another country almost. Yeah, in terms of a uh, culture. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. So he comes on to her super strong and. Oh, she keeps trying to talk up Ty. That's what happens. And he keeps trying to steal the conver- steer the conversation back to her. So she's like, I really want to see you settled. I know your last breakup was really hard. And he's like, yeah, you know, you're one of my best friends. And I don't call girls friends. And I'm like, okay, cool. And she's like, yeah. And so Ty and like your happiness is really important to me. And so Ty and he's like, wow. My happiness is really important to you. I knew it. And he like super tries to make out with her. And she rebuffs him immediately and forcefully. And she's like, what are you doing? What's happening? You're in love with Ty. You have her picture in your locker. And he's like, I have a picture that you took in my locker. And I'm like, cool story, bro. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Doesn't. I, I still, it's still uh. confused. <laughs> Uh I agree with her. It doesn't make sense to have another girl's picture in your locker and you be interested in me. (laughs) Doesn't make sense. (laughs) It's so funny. Okay. So then she's like, you got to stop trying to kiss me. And he won't stop trying to kiss her. It happens like seven times. Yeah. And so, so she gets out and he's like, get back in the car. And she does the dramatic like, no, leave me alone. And he calls her bluff and he fucks off. He just peels out of the parking lot. He's the worst. And also, he says yeah. that thing of, don't you know who my father is? And it's just such a douchey, gross thing to <gasps> yes. say. Ugh. He's the worst. Yeah. But yeah, he definitely leaves her in a yeah, liquor store so- parking lot. It's not even like, you know, let me drop you off yeah. at a nice hotel. It's like, let me leave you literally in the worst possible place. Uh-huh. And so she gets mugged at gunpoint. And one of the best parts of this is... This guy is like not a super competent mugger at all. <laughs> no. And and he's like, okay, uh, lay on the ground, uh, please. And she's like, oh, I can't ruin my dress. And so he's like, no, 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 you got to get on the ground, though. And he's like, count to 100. And she does her, her I mean, patented share, like, <laughs> she's laying down. And I shouldn't have found it charming. But I definitely did. What did you think? So this is a hard scene in terms of you shouldn't laugh as somebody's getting mugged at gunpoint. But her commentary while she is getting mugged, where it's clearly fiction and not uh, real, where she's trying to explain to him that her dress is a total from a totally important designer. <laughs> and she can't get on the ground. And he's basically like, you will. And she does. And she's miserable. Partly because she's getting mugged, but yeah. also, yeah. oh no, the dress. <laughs> it's like, this but weird. This isn't Aliyah or something like Aliyah. that. Aliyah. <laughs> <laughs> Woe is me. Yeah. This is ruining my dress. And she had the shoe incident earlier. It's a miserable time for a uh-huh. share. Yeah. Yeah, she's had a very bad day. Okay, right. so now, guess who she has to call, everybody? She has to call Josh. She's gotta call Josh. He's gonna save the day. So he's like in full makeout. I mean, like they're going for belt buckles and stuff. Yes. And he gets this call, drops everything, gets in the car, and come comes to get her with the makeout girl in the car. Yeah, with the yeah, he, he brings makeout girl. Yeah. 
So Makeout Girl on the Way Home is being very pretentious, except she's also kind of bad at it. And then she says, just as Hamlet said, to thine own self be true. And Cher calls her on it. She's like, Hamlet didn't say that. And the girl's like, I'm sorry. I think I remember Hamlet correctly. And then (laughs) Cher, classic, classic (laughs) line goes, well, I think I remember Mel Gibson correctly. And it was totally the Polonius guy who said that, (laughs) not Hamlet. And Josh is low key impressed. It's really cute. It he is. does that Paul Rudd like tiny smirk, and then he looks in the rearview mirror. Ooh, that's when your fluttery. heart just is like ba boom, ba boom, because you yes. love him at that point because he's willing yeah. to get past his own his own pretentiousness in in that way to be on Cher's side, and you're like, ah, yeah, and see that she has a really good point. Yes, no matter her presentation and makeout girl, the, the wrong, point is good. Is good. Makeout girl was mm-hmm. just wrong. Yeah. And then this is all while Counting Crows is playing. So that's the other thing. <gasps> I did not pick up on that detail. And you're amazing. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny that it's like all to this, you know, it's, again, it's very 90s because of all of the mm-hmm. backdrop. But also the music was just right on point. Yeah, it's good stuff. So when they drop off Makeout Girl, he goes up to his door, her door, and like does an apology makeout and shares pretty mad about it. She's like, how can my life be so terrible while everybody else is doing great? And so she's like very tense. She doesn't know what to do about Ty. And Ty is crushed yeah. over Elton and the way that he likes Cher or liked Cher, I guess. And then they so they go on a shopping spree to a retail therapy, I think people call it. And Ty learns that Cher and Dion are both virgins. And Ty is like very shocked. And then she cries because a song that she and Elton danced to came on. (laughs) And Cher is like, I need to find her a replacement. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? Oh, my gosh. That scene when they're having their calorie fest. Uh Uh-huh. It was funny to hear things this, you know, when I watched it this go around where, you know, they reveal things like Cher hates muscles. And then she's saving herself for Luke Perry. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm just like, oh, my God. This is (gasps) just too much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. All these things that are coming up about her that are just so funny to me because... You know, Josh is... Because they point straight to Josh. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So now the next scene is Cher's like, I got to find tire replacement boy. Christian arrives at school. He's smooth. He's dapper. He's fit. He's fine. And she's like, or I guess I could find me a boy. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to all be about Ty. And so... When Christian arrives at school, I mean, this was my section of the how-to that That is is clueless because she was like, knock the pen off the table so that he can look at your legs. And as Christian comes up, he's like, nice stems. (laughs) Because as her dad says, he's like a member of the Rat Pack reincarnated. And then we, I never like sent myself flowers because we didn't have money like that. But doing that thing where you like try to show off your shoulder or something (laughs) in middle school, man, rough times, rough times trying to follow the share playbook. (laughs) If only I had known it's a terrible playbook. (laughs) Yeah. And apparently it doesn't work. So (laughs) you're not missing out too much. No. I am. Spoiler alert. It especially doesn't work on gay men. You're right. 
Right. Don't try that Especially out there. Especially in that sense. Yes. I looked up <laughs> Christian as an actor. I don't know if you did mm. that, but did you look him up? No, no, I didn't. Oh my gosh. He's, he, no. didn't, he didn't do much of anything else after Clueless. And even more mm-hmm. random is that he's like a, he owns like a cantina or some like restaurant in somewhere in really? California. Yeah. So you could totally go there and see Christian, I guess. <laughs> but he looks very different. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, with those dance moves, I would hope he owns a cantina or something. <laughs> I was impressed that he, uh, you know, got out of show business and, and did something else. It was a, uh, but I was, you know, I wasn't expecting that, I guess. But yeah, he's got a whole different yeah, career completely. now. No more Rat Whoa, Pack for Christian. Really cool. Well, he was very good in this role. So I agree. He was All right. fantastic. Uh, so at one point, he's like, hey, doll, I, uh, maybe you have the skinny on some local clam bakes going around or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was a lot. And she's like, yeah, I know about this party that we can go to. So he's going to go pick her up. And she's ready. Everybody's working down in the the like living room or whatever downstairs in her house because her dad has picked up a huge case and like Josh is there. It's all hands on deck for this litigation. So she's like yelling down in her whiniest voice being like, can somebody get the door? Please. He needs to wait for me. <laughs> Ugh. It's delicious. It is. So, so Josh, Josh goes, goes to get, get the, the door. door. And Christian comes in like sort of haughty and he like takes off his coat or whatever. And Josh is not impressed. And then her dad is not impressed. Mm -hmm. But then she comes down the stairs in this white mini dress. (laughs) And Josh, you watch him identify her as a sexy woman for the first time. You see the wow in his eyes. And then he leans over to the dad and he's like, you're not going to let her go out like that, are you? Like, come on, man. And the dad's like, that's a, that's a good point. You need to put something on. And so she puts on a see-through coat. <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorite things. I had a coworker that, that did that. Somebody gave her, uh, not somebody at works gave her feedback on her wardrobe. And all she did was wear a cardigan over it, full-length cardigan that had very large holes. And I remember thinking, she did cover up, but it was incredible. It was impressive how, like, she skirted around their rules and, and went yeah. for that. Yes. Good job. Stay true to yourself. Exactly. I was impressed. Nice work. Ah, <laughs> oh, love it. Love to see it. All right. So then Josh is like, I gotta go. I think that somebody should go keep an eye on Cher. I should go do that. And I, I'll i do this for you, Daddy-O. Uh, <laughs> this is just for you, you know? And the dad's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, go. And this is when you can see the dad knows. Yes. The dad knows. And he's all about it. I actually had to do like the replay to see the face. I was like, that's yeah. when he knows. It's like, I'll watch her for uh-huh. you. Okay, you do that. Smirk. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, he's in. He knows. Dad knows. Yeah, he does a big old knowing smirk. I mean, if that's not fatherly approval, I don't know what is. (laughs) So then at the party, like Ty is there too. And Cher and Christian are having a great time. They're like dancing up a storm. But Ty is having a bad time. She falls immediately upon getting there. Down the stairs. And it's like a big, big deal. Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. And I remember thinking at that point, Ty, I totally relate to Ty. I would be the person... That has a crush mm-hmm. on somebody mm-hmm. and then kind of present myself and then tumble down the stairs, like arms and legs uh-huh. all over the place. Yes. And then everyone oh, coming yeah. to rush to me. 
are you okay? <laughs> like, that, that's me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, same. <laughs> Just a bull in a china shop. This right. one. It's good. Oh. <laughs> oh. So the rest of the time, nobody will dance with her. And then finally, Josh shows up and he hangs back for a minute. And then he goes over and dances with Ty and like makes her feel comfortable and welcome and everything. <sighs> Meanwhile, Christian is flirting with a lot of boys. Yeah. And what's her name? Cher's take on this is look at how he's not paying attention to any other girls. He's so into me. And I've got to do a big high five to that level of confidence. Right. You know? <laughs> wow, Cher. Good job. Know your worth, Cher. Absolutely. <laughs> That's also when I started realizing that she really is, I mean, you know the theme is clueless, but you really feel it in that scene where you're thinking like, oh, how can you not see? It's so definitely. It's so cute. Yes. It's so cute. It is. So Christian goes to after, goes to an after party with a bunch of dudes and um, Cher goes home with Josh. And so they pick up takeout for the lawyers and then they veg out together. And this was, I think, my favorite scene. This is this is my favorite back and forth between them because it's so good. She's like brushing her hair. Her her voiceover is I have so much more fun vegging out than I do partying. And I guess it's because my party clothes are so binding. Um, and I'm like, no, you idiot. It's because Paul Rudd is smizing at your side. Jesus. You're next to him watching TV, eating popcorn. It's the yeah. perfect date. <laughs> yeah. And so he asks her how many days, uh, how many hours a day she spends grooming herself because she's currently brushing her hair while they're sitting on the couch. And this is where their banter turns because she goes, not everyone is as naturally adorable as you. And then he says, in this inflection, stop it. You're making me blush. And... <laughs> Gosh. It's just, just Paul, Paul Rudd perfection. perfection. It is. It's Paul Rudd perfection, Suzanne. <laughs> He's already perfect, and he just proved it with that line. <laughs> yeah, completely. So they get like a call from his mom, and he tells Cher that he doesn't want to talk to her because he doesn't want to tell her that he's not coming home for spring break, basically. And she's like, well, you can't just roam around school, <laughs> you know? You <laughs> Come back here, stay in your old room, hang out with me and dad and like your family. And he goes, what does he say? He says something like, um, you don't want a brother type yeah. hanging around. Mm -hmm. And she very vehemently is like, Josh, you're not my brother. I love a girl who knows her boundaries. Yeah. You know? And every Josh, time you're not my brother. It's weird because every time they just bring it up, it makes me a little nervous, you know, because it's <laughs> it's obvious that that's the <laughs> icky part of the whole movie. And you're like, can you stop saying it? Because otherwise it's perfect. <laughs> but you're kind of, yeah. I know. You know, it's like, it's squirmy totally. and uncomfortable. And then they say it a few times and you're like, stop it. Uh -huh. Let's pretend that part does not happen. Yeah, every time they're like, audience, remember, they're not <laughs> actually siblings. Yeah. I'm like, but you don't have to tell me that they're sibling adjacent again. <laughs> yes. Um, they're sibling adjacent. And then they mention the age difference sometimes. I'm like, stop it. Just don't, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do it. And then it's yeah. a perfect movie in a lot of ways. And at least how the romance <laughs> unfolds. Stop it! But yes, they they keep re referring to it right when things are close. And I was like, stop. Yep. But you know, that, I totally. guess you, I guess that's what they wanted out of this movie. Yeah, I will say that I actually didn't mind every time they do that because I I do I 
I am okay with um with a touch of taboo. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a that's a series that Katie Robert is currently publishing. She's doing this whole like it's just like one off every time, and each one is a different sort of quasi taboo relationship. Mm. Um, like one of them is her ex boyfriend's dad. One of them, one of the the oh. last one that came out is called "Gifting Me to His Best Friend," <laughs> and it's yeah. about this couple who then like bring his best friend in for a third. Anyway, <laughs> I don't mind the taboo stuff, but <laughs> that's not for everybody. Yeah, I think so, it's more like just talking about it a lot and referring to it while they're yeah. about to like almost make out. It's like stop. <laughs> that I think that's where I'm like just you know you don't have to you don't have to say it like you we know yep <laughs> hashtag stepbrothers yeah stuff. just okay just go for it and you know we will just there'll be whatever fireworks yep, but just don't just... keep reminding me of this it's okay i know yeah so then shares like i was expecting christian to wait the normal three days but he <laughs> called me the next day oh my gosh He's coming over and he's bringing movies. And so she gets like super ready for it. She's do she's going above and beyond. And she's fully ready to have sex for the first time that night. <laughs> she's going to have sex with Christian. And she is stoked about she's it. She's ready. Yes. Yeah. They have a whole makeover and all that. Yeah. And she puts a, a full cookie brick into <laughs> the, the oven, oven to bake. <laughs> I don't know what says love other than putting an entire frozen cookie brick. <laughs> cookie log. Yeah, of deliciousness. Love. Yes, it doesn't make sense either, but you know, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Honestly, that is the kind of teenage shenanigans I would do. I would just not read the packaging. I would be like, huh, this doesn't look like 24 chocolate, chocolate chip, chip cookies, cookies, but I guess, I guess it'll, it'll magically, magically happen, happen in the oven. oven. <laughs> <laughs> I would put it in. <laughs> anyway, I would just want a giant cookie. <laughs> How do yeah, I make I mean, this happen? Or share, just skip all that and get that cookie log out and a spoon, you yeah. know, just don't even worry about the oven. Anyway. anyway. Okay. So then he arrives. She definitely wants to kiss him. She's full, like puckering subtly. And he's like, is something burning? <laughs> because she has forgotten about her cookie log. Right. And then when she opens it, he goes, oh, honey, you baked. And she goes, I tried. And then they scamper away. And leave the yes. oven open, question mark? Right. And smoke just pouring out. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do when you're, you've burnt something and your kitchen could catch on fire. I, yeah, yeah. I don't if understand. Aaron, if Aaron were here, she would have to do fire safety with Aaron. So bing, boom, boom, fire safety with Aaron. HBs, don't leave your oven open. Don't no. do that. Also, bing, boom, boom, tripping in your kitchen, HBs. You know, you're going to turn those lights off and then nobody's going to know that the oven door is open and you're going to trip and fall and break your neck and die okay <laughs> so just don't safety everybody don't be like Cher yeah don't go be like Cher and grab your guy and then just go upstairs yeah not smart so he wants to watch the movies because she says Christian had a thing for Tony Curtis so he brought over some like it hot and sporadicus <laughs> <laughs> which is one of the best that lines best. ah and then that whole scene in the bedroom is just painful to watch, yet just oh. hilarious with her feet being cold. Oh, it's just magic. <laughs> yeah, she's trying so hard to hit on him. She's trying so hard that she falls off the bed, everybody. <laughs> like, she's putting elbow grease into this. And at first, he's not getting it. And then when he does get it, he's like, 
I have 18 other places I have to be right now. (laughs) And I definitely can't be here anymore. It's so cute and sad. Yeah. And then the next day, she's driving in the Jeep with Dion and Murray. Yes. And Mm -hmm. she says that she was fully going to have sex with him. She can't believe she was (laughs) so capricious about it. And then Murray cackles at her. And he goes through a whole list of gay stereotypes in order to tell Cher. (sighs) All right. So I I actually didn't take a huge amount of offense to this simply because he wasn't saying it in a negative way. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like It was clear he wasn't uncomfortable with the fact that Christian was gay. He just thought it was hilarious that she had no idea because he's been so obviously gay to her face (laughs) since they met. And so to me, (laughs) it felt way more like him sort of pointing out all the ways in which he has been gay in front of her. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Like you've you've had 36 signs and you didn't pick up on any of them. That's I don't know. right. 36 signs. And it wasn't even just Cher that didn't see it. It was her and her friends who were egging her on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But then um, you have traffic in the freeway scene. Yeah. They accidentally get on the freeway. Dion is not prepared for it. Everybody's they screaming and crying. They finally get off the freeway again. And then as Cher is in the back seat, Dion and Murray do a big old adrenaline makeout danger makeouts are very cathartic you know everybody's just happy to be alive yes it's good stuff and so Cher's sitting there and she's like oh i really do want a boyfriend i want somebody to danger make out with come on who's gonna validate my humanity with their penis that's all i want so um Oh, oh, and then Cher makes a note that Dion's virginity goes from technical to oh, yes. non-existent. Yes. It's he and Murray are, are, are a, a thing now, officially yeah. have consummated. They know each other super biblically. Yes. So now they're at the mall. She's at the mall with Christian because he's become one of her favorite shopping buddies. And Ty has a near-death experience with these two trolls who hold her over a balcony oh my god which is legitimately scary yes how did that even happen how did she get comfy up there and uh <laughs> i don't understand I how know. that even why was she sitting up, up there in the, the first place? place yeah like how did you even think that was even a comfy place to sit to tell your story and it's at the west side pavilion probably <laughs> but um the <sighs> whole yeah the brush with death and you know her getting held over by these random dudes she didn't even know them it's just doesn't yeah, yeah. Over the rail. Terrifying. Made me uncomfortable. It's so scary. Yeah, scary. Super scary. Yeah, so now everybody is paying attention to Ty and not Cher. Yes. And everybody's like asking her about, you know, what she saw right before she died. And Cher tries to be like, well, I know that when I was held at actual gunpoint and everybody's like, Ty is talking right now. You need to shut your mouth. (laughs) And then Travis comes over to try to do a fun spitting trick for her, (laughs) which would have been very charming 15 minutes ago to Ty. Come on, everybody. He's doing a really impressive spit a thing six feet up in the air and then catch it again trick. Who? Would that not charm? Okay. You know, and honestly, my mind got caught up in like the difficulty of that. And I was like, is that gum? Is that a Mentos? Like, either way, it's impressive. (laughs) 
I know. Was it perfectly spherical? Because yeah. if not, then the impressive factor go- shoots way, way up. Right. It seems really Just. hard to do. She should have been madly yeah. in love with him after that. I know. <laughs> and instead, she's so mean. And she tells him, she says, don't the slackers prefer the grassy knoll over there? No. And. You do a good tie voice. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah, and so he does a big sad and a big shuffle away. He's, ugh, I was very sad. And Cher is super confused because she's living in an alternate reality. Mm -hmm. So now she's getting ready for her driving test and she's incredibly tense and she's snapping at everybody. She's super racist to her El Salvadorian cleaning lady. And Josh is right there to see it. Josh is like, (laughs) what does she say? To her, she's like, I don't speak Mexican. She says, you know I don't speak Mexican. And he points out she's from El Salvador. Ugh. And then she's like, so? And he explains it's a totally different country. Yeah. (laughs) He said, you get mad when someone thinks you live below sunset. And uh, it's true. She does. Which is quite the L.A. zinger right there. Yeah, it was. That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. (laughs) So she's upset and distracted for her driving test. And this does not bode well because she's also like already an absolutely horrific and unsafe driver. She almost kills a bicyclist. She sideswipes two different cars. It doesn't go well. Yeah. And she blames the biker from coming out. Yeah. She's like, that biker came out of nowhere. (laughs) Out of nowhere. (laughs) And and everybody looks at Cher, including me, and says that bike lane was there for miles, Cher. (laughs) (laughs) But the whole time she's really distracted because she's thinking that what Josh thinks of her is making her upset. Yeah. And she's like, I don't understand why I care what Josh thinks in the first place. Mm -hmm. You start seeing her change. Yeah. Feelings are coming through. (laughs) I know. It's that moment where they don't know what to do with their feelings or even how to identify them. And it's adorable. Yeah. So she comes home and Ty is like up close and personal with Josh and they're giggling and playing hacky sack. The most intimate game I can imagine. (laughs) And Ty, she's like flirting with him and touching his chest and stuff. And Cher comes out and she's like, I failed. And like, I don't want a lecture from you. And he's like, geez, I didn't even say anything. Mm -hmm. And then Ty comes in and she's like, I want to burn all the things that remind me of Elton. (laughs) Which is like incredible. But it's also very close to the original text. Yes. So they turn it on and she burns all the things. And then she reveals that she's gotten over Elton very suddenly because she's super into a different guy. Yeah. And that different guy's name is Josh. Oh, no. (laughs) So Cher's like very kindly trying to dissuade her. And she's like, I just don't know that you're going to be a good mesh. Like if you're going to mesh well. And then Ty says, why am I even listening to you anyway? You're a virgin who can't drive. (laughs) I love your Ty. Thank you. (laughs) And then Cher looks at her and she goes, oh, that was way harsh, Ty. (laughs) It was a moment. It was a good moment. It just... It's so a classic will go, go down, down in history, history moment. moment. You're a virgin <laughs> who can't drive. It's like, wow. <laughs> so good. 
<laughs> and now, you guys, our protagonist gets to have her dark moment of the soul. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she goes shopping. Because what else are you going to do in a super, super dark, dark moment, moment of the soul? And she's <laughs> reflecting. Yeah. And um, she's like, why does she even like him anyway? He's not even cute, dot, 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 in a conventional way. <laughs> and he's a terrible dancer. And meanwhile, there's this montage of oh Josh gosh. just like being Paul Rudd deliciousness. It is. It's perfection. <sighs> and he's to the like, song All By Myself. Oh, by yeah. Myself. Oh, it's just so Suzanne, good. you, you with, with the, the musical, musical cues, cues over there. <laughs> no, this is top-notch content. Yeah. <laughs> But he's kind of a Baldwin, she does say in that same montage. Yeah, she says he's kind of a Baldwin. And then she goes, and I don't even think he would like her because he needs someone with imagination and someone to take care of him and someone to laugh at his jokes if he ever makes any. (laughs) And then she has the realization, the lighted fountain goes off behind her head and she's (laughs) She's like, oh my God, I love Josh. (laughs) I'm majorly, totally but crazy in love with Josh. <laughs> oh. the good, that is the scene. Gosh, it's so good. It is. It's perfect. It's wonderful. And now if you want any indication of what I was like between the ages of about 11 to, <laughs> to about, about 17 and a half <laughs> around somebody that I liked. For me, I would keep going up. I'm probably like 21 for me. <laughs> Yeah. Once I got to college, I firmly didn't give any more fucks. (laughs) And so I was just like, yeah, if you like me, cool. And if not, I I might not like you. Who knows? And I was just like a goofy person. Uh, But until then, this was me. She doesn't know what to do with her hands. Yeah. She doesn't know how to talk anymore. Like, what did they ever talk about, Suzanne? I don't think that, like, how did they ever speak to each other? I don't know. Maybe they just made quips, you know, back and forth quips about shopping and, you know, him I know. planting trees or something. But yeah, it's all awkward and you feel it. You feel every no second of awkwardness as a, as a viewer. Yeah, it's good. And then um, she's stir crazy and she offers to help her dad with something. Because she's sort of like haunting his doorway to his yeah. office. <laughs> He's like, Cher, <laughs> come here. What do you, what do you need? <laughs> and so as she's highlighting calls made on September 3rd throughout a bunch of files, her dad has a big dad yeah. moment and he like builds her back up again. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. But I love how he uses his own like what he knows best to try to help her. It's like. Tell me the problem and we'll figure out how to argue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and every time she's like, I just don't think he likes me. He's like, how is that possible? That's right. not possible. He likes another girl over you. No way. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. And so now she's decided she needs a makeover of the soul. Yes. And there has been a recent uh, natural disaster. And so she's going to collect a bunch of stuff, including but not limited to <laughs> her skis. Yes, and red caviar. <laughs> and red caviar because her dad doesn't like it very much anyway. Right. And she's going to take it to all the people who lost all their possessions. <laughs> and Josh does that. Paul Rudd trying to look down, but he's looking up through his, his eyelashes, eyelashes and he is smirking and he's low-key impressed. Okay, he's trying to hide it, everybody, but he can't. He can't. It's just radiating through his pores at her. Oh, it's so wonderful. It is so perfect. Yeah. And then we find out that Travis the Dreamboat then shows up at the at the collector thing. 
And he's bringing all this stuff, all this stuff he doesn't need anymore. Yes. All of his bongs, you guys. Those disaster victims also need bongs. (laughs) But he doesn't need them anymore. No. Because he's in this new club, everybody. He's in this new club and he's got all these steps. And so he he tells her he's sorry about her shoes from that party. And it's adorable. It is. Um, And with all this clarity, he joined an amateur skateboarding league. Yes. And he gives her an invite. And she accepts. (gasps) And there's half pipes and cool stuff. And it is really exciting. And so Ty shows up looking a bit like OG Ty. You know, she's I mean, she's got like her cute pigtails and her striped shirt. She's she doesn't look, I don't know, like an imitation Barbie anymore, Mm -hmm. which is what Dion and Cher tried to turn her into. I don't know. It's really nice. It's shades of the old tie coming through. And they make up. They both apologize profusely. It's a big lady love. Yes. And then they watch Travis skate. And he, I mean, it's impressive. He's clearly not actually skating that actor. He's he's getting like six foot (laughs) air, I think is probably what it's called. He's getting some air. And he's doing those flippy floppies on his... (laughs) skateboard and it is a big impress and okay. whirly twirlies yes all those things yeah and the railies too and the railies. jeez and so ty is eating it up ty's eating it up yeah. and Cher can see that she, she doesn't, doesn't give a shit about josh anymore and she's very relieved so now mm-hmm. we're back at her house Cher is helping with more legal stuff and she and josh are flirting oh and they're flirting God. hard yeah it's like the elbowing and the flirty oh. flirties. Oh, my God. The banter. Just, uh, like, he's calling her Pippi Longstocking because she's got yeah. pigtails in. And so she makes sure to take out her hair and then close her eyes and, and run her hands through her hair like people with straight hair can do. <laughs> and it's, wow, that those silky strands, you know? Yeah. It's like and, a hair commercial. Yes, absolutely. She is an Herbal Essences icon. <laughs> then this legal asshole, this lawyer asshole who's across the table from them. It's like, hey, where are the files from August 28th or something? Oh, gosh. The scene. And so this, this also, also, I have a little bit of a logistics question, Suzanne. Mm-hmm. August, they need the August 28th files. And Cher says that she, she checked them for the September 3rd calls. Yes. August does come before September, correct? Yes. <laughs> Why would the September 3rd calls be in the August 28th files at all? <sighs> I don't know. I'm I'm wondering if it was like big printout and she previously had highlighted the September 3rd yeah, call maybe. and was in third September 3rd mode and just yeah. like went through everything and did it. And then somehow that was not correct or they had changed their minds about something because suddenly it's October 28th is the thing. Because yeah. I, I had I was the same way. I was like, what is what? You know, it's like, really. Oh, perplexing i know what happened Mm. i'm certain i know what happened the client is a time traveler it's the first time traveler (laughs) they have to litigate on behalf of the first time traveler and it is groundbreaking work obviously (laughs) so anyway he goes off and he calls her an idiot and a moron and it's bad and so josh stands up for her and so then lawyer asshole looks at him and he's like this is a real live case with big money times and litigation work that has to get done and it's not an excuse to flirt with a kid which is like his only point point one for asshole lawyer don't flirt with a kid you know because right now she is a child an actual one of those 
Yes. But that's okay. We're just putting that right out of our brains, right? Because we want to enjoy things still. <laughs> we do, but they just keep reminding you. <laughs> they do. <laughs> of all the things that are in their mind taboo. And I'm like, stop it. Just let them yeah. be. They're supposed to be in love. But, ah. Yeah. And, but he says it in such a you know, harsh way. It's just. He does. You know, quit playing footsie with the dumb kid and all those things. Oh, yeah. It's just the worst He's well, terrible. Well, and then I keep on saying that this is my favorite back and forth, but this is, I think, one of my favorite back and forths in a movie ever. Josh says, they've been working, like, we've been working our butts off in this case. And then lawyer asshole goes, you can do whatever you want with your butts. Yes. <laughs> I'm calling in sick. <laughs> <laughs> you can t- That's going to be my news tell off every, every time. time. Somebody's going to say something rude to me, and I'm going to be like, well, you can do whatever you want with your butt, okay? okay. I'm out. <laughs> it was a, it was probably one of the best lines of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. So good. <laughs> okay, so he storms out, and then she's sitting at the top of the stairs. And this is the iconic clueless scene. Okay, this stair scene is just the one that just really it's so iconic and also just makes you feel like you know it's coming it's beautiful <gasps> oh it's just and they're about to finally talk it's like yay it's gonna mm-hmm. happen yeah the music changes yes the build-up with their lines is like so completely natural and uh, and uh, oh gosh it's just it's lovely like this is when this is when your heart gets like arrested in your chest yes oh it's it's so good so she's crying and she asks if she really ruined her dad's lawsuit. And he says no. And he walks up and sits down by her and he says that he's going to fix it. Her dad won't lose any time. And then he's basically like, you know, we, we've been working so hard on this and it's really messed up for him to say all of that. Like, especially about, you know, you, you and I flirting or whatever. God, that's a came out of left field, you know? And, um, <laughs> And he's like, it's good experience for me because I want to be a lawyer, but you don't even need to be here. Like you could be shopping or having fun or whatever. And she goes, oh, it's so heartbreaking. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. This this moment is perfectly acted because she says, um, oh, because you just think I'm a ditz with a credit card. Oh. And he's like, no, no. And he's stammering mm-hmm. and he's like, you're young and you're beautiful. And she says, you think I'm beautiful? <laughs> oh! wow. And and he goes, you know, you're gorgeous and popular, but that's not why I come here. I come here because it's a good learning experience. And because of your dad, I really want to help out your dad because he's the only one who cares about me. Oh, <laughs> it's like it's he's fishing so hard. Yes. You guys, and it's so yummy. She says, that's not true. And he goes, are you saying that you care about me? And she goes to like do a flirty push on the arm and she leans in close. And so he kisses her. The kiss. It's a great kiss too. It is a great kiss. It's a great kiss. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then the denouement is them at Mr. Debate Coaches and Ms. Guy sweating. (laughs) Yes. Great. It's great stuff. They're happy forever. They have, you know, a great life together. They get married. I'm certain of it as soon as it's age appropriate. Um, She's 18. 
before they actually have penetrative sex, which is, you know, a feat, but they do it. Um, Yeah. Great stuff, you guys. (laughs) Yes. The final scene was perfect because it's the whole as if, you know, the whole iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole iconic share. And then when she caught the bouquet, you know, literally like pushing people down and grabbing for it that uh-huh. for the $200 bet that was yeah just so that she can win Josh some monies yeah, exactly oh, that's love that's love <laughs> yeah all right i think this was super fun thank you for choosing this movie thank you for letting me choose right. this movie i love this movie um yeah. maybe if i watch it another what you know it's like 25 years old it's really isn't that bonkers it's yeah. crazy. I when I I didn't realize it when I we chose it and then yeah, it was what ninety five, ninety five. Yeah, and then yeah. I and then the math was a little tricky for me. I was like, that can't be twenty five years old. Uh huh. And it didn't really still seem like twenty five years old until I saw Alicia Silverstone in as a mom in the Babysitters Club, mm, and then it totally. all was like, okay, I could see how this time works. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. understand how years <laughs> progress, and then she is now a different type of actor. Time is no longer a flat circle to me. Exactly. We're good. Right. Um, awesome. So, do you have a lady love? I. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go you first. Think? I want to hear your lady love. Uh oh, I forgot to write down my lady love. Oh, I know what my lady love is. Okay, you guys, here's my lady love. I just got access to HBO again, and it was very exciting. I had already seen seasons one and two of Insecure, but I had to take a I had to take a pause while we didn't have HBO, and I just binged seasons three and four of Insecure. Wow! And they, I mean, first of all, that whole show from start <laughs> I love to it. finish is just masterful. Issa Rae is an absolute genius. The whole cast is incredible. But the thing that really, really just made my heart super happy in, well, part of season three and most of season four is the relationship between Molly and Andrew. Molly is a a black woman and she's a lawyer. Andrew is an Asian man. I think he's Chinese and he works at a record company. And like... Just seeing these two get together and they have they have like this really awesome sex where Andrew is just like, God, he's super sexy in it. And it's just really nice to see depictions of relationships like that and like watching them navigate their relationship. It's not NHEA as of right now. So like, don't go into it expecting that. But it is a really, really beautiful representation of not only getting over a lot of struggles to create a relationship to begin with, like, like just, you know, getting your over your own ish, like Molly has a a bunch of hang ups that she's going through at the moment. And then a really mature sort of like, realizing that things aren't quite working at the very, very, very end. I'm sorry, you guys, I don't mean to spoil it, but I I don't want you going into it being super hopeful. It's just like, oh, it is so beautiful, even though as of right now, it doesn't work out. So yeah, I love I just love seeing depictions in media of just like super sexy, competent awesome, you know, doodly, manly Asian dudes. It's really nice. So that's my lady love. 
I like that lady love. I've only seen mm-hmm. the first season, so I need to catch oh. up. I know. Yeah, I know. And it's one I really enjoyed. And I just completely have been not watching enough TV. So I definitely Honestly, it's that. hard to keep up with all the good TV out there right now. Exactly. It's really hard. So I'll end up dropping something and then just binging like, you know, like I did two seasons. <laughs> and then <laughs> for me, yeah. it'll be three seasons. So that will be great. There you go. I, I need my next fix. So that's yeah, perfect. Do it. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, lady love wise, I mm-hmm. have been First of all, getting back into watching some Korean dramas, not not <gasps> a, mi- a lot, but I mean, really bad yeah. ones because I like had watched some a long time ago and back to the whole, let's see how it aged. And uh, there's one that's called Boys Over Flowers that came out 11 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was really popular then. It's not your typical drama in that um, it was based on like a Japanese anime or uh-huh. comic book or something. And it... Yeah, manga, I find right? it like binge worthy and I need to stop because I've been staying up really late uh, yeah. just to watch this again. And I'm like, I need to not watch something again. I need to say watch something new. So I need to, but I think it's just like comfort watching. Totally. Um, but the other thing that I've been doing is buying face masks, these Korean face masks. Ooh, and yes, please. Um, I got a pack of 10 from a family member and it's like Tony Moly brand. But okay. I, th- so what's funny about these is like they have different kinds and they, you know, sometimes they come in a multi-pack and it's anti-aging or moisturizing or radiance or, mm-hmm. you know, they have these like catchphrases. You're like, hey, I need that. I yeah, could yeah. use some radiant skin. I could yeah. use some replenished skin. And then they also come with like, I don't know if it's like flavors or scents, but it's like, I'm lemon and I'm pomegranate. Oh, I'm milk. And there was all the pumpkin, like they're all paired with some sort of vegetable or fruit or some food that kind of, I guess, makes you paired with moisturizing or paired with anti-aging. But in any case, I've been using those the last few weeks and you know, while I'm watching TV or, or something. And it's yeah. uh, 20 minutes on your face. And then afterwards, your skin feels a lot better. So I've Ooh, been doing great. a lot of that lately. And it's been good self care. So are those so like, like sheet masks? masks? Yeah, sheet masks. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And I again, I think we had talked before the podcast about just being able to tear things open and not, you know, drop yeah. them or whatever and being clumsy. <laughs> so you kind of have to be really careful because it goes right on your face. But when they uh-huh. come out, Depending on what they use to uh, moisturize the mask, it's like sometimes it's gelatinous and sometimes it's like more, you know, it's just hard to pull out and then fold out and then then put it on your face. Uh, But you get the hang of it after a few times and uh, it's it's not as hard. But I I would say that that's my go to now for uh, self care. And it's sort of pretty instant where you get the results and feel like, oh, my face feels plumper or it feels like yeah, moisturized and uh, healthier. So mm-hmm. um, highly recommended. How nice. Well, do you want to tell everybody where to find you so they can follow you and, and keep up and buy your books and all of that? Absolutely. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at, um, what's my name? I, I was able to get that. So Suzanne Park, oh, right uh, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-P-A-R-K. On Facebook, I believe I'm Suzanne Park Comedy. Yes, I think I'm <laughs> Suzanne Park Comedy. So you can yeah. go to that. Yeah, and then I'll include links to buy the books, um, both the, the one that's out and then the pre-order links as well. So HBs, you can check it out there. It'll be in the episode description. Um, thank you so much yeah my pleasure this was so much fun oh I'm so glad yeah (laughs) 
I had a really good time, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love Magic Mike XXL meets the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yes. It's everything I want and more. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show. <laughs>